This is the Frey Podcast, brought to you by thefrey.com, a place for women who want more from life. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to today's podcast episode. It's a solo one and it's one of my favorite styles of episodes because it appeals to my overthinking, uh, introspective, reflective self. So today's podcast episode, I am sharing with you five questions to absolutely ask yourself and to reflect upon and to also extend these questions to your partner. If you have a partner in your life right now, if you are single, ask yourself these questions, reflect on them deeply. You can save them and ask them of a partner in the future. If you are in a relationship, you can ask these questions to your closest friends, your nearest and dearest. These questions are going to help you to know yourself more and to help you to understand the people in your life that you value. You can also tweak these questions and ask your children these questions if they're old enough to comprehend what they actually mean. So yeah, you can absolutely tweak them. But these are five questions I have been asking myself recently for a variety of different reasons. And I think it's good to stop and ask yourself questions like this often because we are always changing. You guys know I'm a big fan of normalizing the fact that we are always changing the experiences we go through shape us. We have a right to change our minds, but sometimes we just don't pause long enough to be curious about how we think or how we feel in this moment, in this current season. Often we are just acting from a place of repeating things over and over. I mean, I have found myself in conversations where I will say something and I'll think, oh, like, do I even think that or feel that? Or is it just something that I've been saying for so long that now it's just on autopilot and maybe I need to actually pause and reflect and create a different narrative? So anyway, these are five questions. Journal on them, reflect, use them as conversation starters. Let me know what they bring up for you. Um, And you might want to ask yourself these a few times, but definitely, definitely make a note of these questions and sit down with your significant others and ask them these questions too. The first question is, what do you value the most or need most in a relationship? 
Now, this is a question you can ask yourself if you're single as well, of course, because it's so good to have clarity on what it is that you value the most in a relationship. And it's so important to ask your partner this question as well. And again, ask your friends and family because yes, this can apply to your romantic relationship, but it can certainly apply to every relationship in your life. Like what is it that you value the most from this relationship or need in a relationship? I know for me, when I reflect on this question right now, the thing that comes up the most for me is growth. In my romantic relationship, I need to feel that there is an element of growth and growing as a couple. That doesn't mean that we need to be neck and neck and making exactly the same moves and, you know, having the exact same personal growth transformation because everyone grows at their own rate, but growing as a couple. So not only is it important to ask yourself what it is that you need most in a relationship, define it, you know, go deeper. Like I can share with you that growth is it for me, but what does growth in a relationship mean? Because for one person, it could mean, oh, you're growing at the exact same rate as your partner and you have the same views on things. That's not what it means for me. When I sit down and I define it and I journal on it or I reflect about it when I'm working out and those sorts of things or in conversations with Brendan, like growth to me in a relationship is noticing when we are triggering one another and making a choice to handle those triggers with more grace and more uh, clarity and more respect each and every time. Growth is like compassion for one another, compassion for how tricky it can be at times to do life with someone who has a different experience. Growth is taking ownership for our own stuff. It's open and honest communication and a commitment to one another. So what is it that you value the most? Is it honesty? You know, honesty might come up for you, but I would invite you to get more granular. What is honesty for you? In what areas do you most need it? How do you need it delivered to you? Is it equality? And what does equality mean for you? Does that mean financial contributions? Does it mean domestic contributions? Or does it mean that your needs and desires are weighted as equal to your partner's? Next up, what are the things that trigger you? When in life are you activated and why? And this can be a really big and deep question. You know, your partner might share with you something that you don't even know about them. Or it could be like what triggers you in the way of as you're moving through your day, what stops you in your tracks and brings about some sort of emotional response. For me, something that I know triggers me deeply is when something is unfair. Like without a doubt, any time that I have been really upset and pushed to a place where I feel like it's hard to control my emotional response, at the core of that is it's unfair. You know, going through all sorts of challenging situations across a variety of topics, at the cause of it, it is when something is not fair. And I think that I really pride myself on being fair and being generous. And so when that is taken advantage of, that upsets me as well. 
So ask yourself, what triggers you and why? And where does that come from? Is it, you know, a remnant of a childhood experience? Is it from an exchange that you had with a boss? Like, why is that there? And just, you know, you might not have any solutions on how to navigate it, but notice it. It's been really helpful for me to know that that's a big one for me because then when I am like in a bit of an emotional like tornado, I can go, okay, it's very likely that something unfair is happening here or I feel like my fairness or my generosity is being taken advantage of and then I can look for it and it allows me to objectively know, okay, maybe the fact that I'm responding to this like it's a 10 out of 10 problem is more to do with the fact that it's a personal trigger for me and it is not actually objectively a 10 out of 10 problem. It just feels weighted in that direction because of my past triggers. I had a guest on the podcast maybe two years ago, Melanie, and she said, if it is hysterical, it is historical. And that has like stuck to me like super glue. If I am having a hysterical reaction, it is because I am being triggered by something that has existed within me. So invite your partner to share with you what triggers you, you know, and there are so many different uh, ways you can explore this. Maybe your partner will say to you, you know, or you could share with your partner and absolutely you need to answer these questions with your partner as well. It's not like a sit down interview type thing where you do all the questions. I think it's so valuable for you to be able to answer these honestly and openly with your partner as well. And yes, you might actually schedule the time to sit down and go through these five questions or perhaps next time you're on a drive, you might say, huh, I listened to a podcast the other day, which literally all of my sentences start like that. I sometimes hear myself say, oh, I listen to a podcast. I'm like, shut up, Kylie, shut up. Think of another way to start a conversation. Um, but you could start your sentence like that and say, you know, the lady that hosted the podcast was talking about triggers and she was saying how she's really triggered when things are unfair to the point where if I listen to the news and something is unfair, that is what gets me. So what is it that triggers you? You know, this triggers me. And there is, as I said, so many different areas in life that we will be triggered. Maybe it's when someone gives you the silent treatment or when you perceive someone to go to be going quiet on you. That could be really triggering if you had a parent who used to stonewall you and not respond to you and made you feel invisible. Then when your partner goes quiet, that could be very triggering for you. But perhaps they go quiet because that's their time to process and think. So if you can be really honest with your partner about the things that activate you, it's going to bring you closer and give you more of a sense of connection and more of a sense of understanding each other. And that's what we all want, right? We all want to be understood and seen in our relationships. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Next up, what does success mean for you right now? This is a question I have asked myself time and time and time again over the last couple of years. And if you have been following for years, 
you'll be like, yeah, Kylie, I get it. You tell me all the time to define success on my own terms, but we all have a definition of what success means. Some of us have a consciously defined definition and others have a subconscious definition of success, such as we grew up in a household where success meant owning your own property and not renting, or success meant um, traveling the world and collecting memories and not worrying so much about financial stuff, or success meant working three jobs and making sure you could always make ends meet. We all have an attachment to what success means, but we all need to update that definition because we're not always going to be in a season of our life that allows us to actualize that definition, whether it is subconscious or consciously defined. So what I mean by that is, say, for example, you've just had a baby and you are right now in the throes of martrescence, you are deep in trying to learn how to feed, you are absolutely exhausted from the sleep deprivation, or you're in this massive love bubble with your newborn, you know, whatever it is. But maybe subconsciously, your definition of success has always been being very active in your community. And right now you can't be active in your community because you need to be very focused on your newborn and looking after yourself. And so even though you are doing something very important, I would argue one of the most important things you might ever do, um, you could feel this niggling sense of, oh, I'm not contributing, I'm being unsuccessful at the moment. Whereas if you had the frame of mind to pause and allow yourself to really write out what success means for you right now, today, this week, this month, however long the period is, you might actually feel much more of a sense of fulfillment and achievement and life satisfaction and purpose simply because you have paused to define what success means for you. You know, and I'll share a personal story with you here, right? When I started the Kind Parenting Company, which it was under another name when we first launched, it did incredibly well in terms of online sales. I'm talking like blew me away. I couldn't believe it. If success to me meant earning money and being a businesswoman, I would have acted in a way um, that like my actions would have reflected that, or I would have felt terribly disappointed in myself that, you know, six months, nine months, 12 months later, I didn't really capitalize on that. What I mean by that is like, yes, it went well. Yes, it allowed me to have a business. Yes, it was a springboard, all of those things. But if my, like if I, if my definition of success was earning money and then I didn't actually take any actions towards that, 12 months later, I would feel really disappointed. I don't know if I'm articulating this well. I'll try and do it more succinctly. I would have people say to me like 12 months, 18 months, two years after launching the business, like, do you regret not actually investing more in terms of getting someone on board to do the funnels and to do the sales and to really, you know, grow that business? Do you regret that? And the honest answer is no, I don't because success for me was always just wanting to be available to the boys and to be a really present mum. 
I didn't start that business for any reason other than I wanted to help other mums. And that's what I was doing. You know, I'd go to the park and I'd start up conversations or I'd interject in a conversation at the playground because someone was struggling with sleep. It was such a pure intention of, I just want to get this information out there because I know how wrecked it, how wrecked you feel when you're not sleeping. And it was this beautiful byproduct that allowed me to become self-employed. And that's what success was for me. It was being available to the boys. I wanted to be there to put them down for their sleeps during the day. I wanted to be the one to wake them up and to put them to bed and to do all of the things in between. Like I truly loved that time of my life once I started sleeping where they were babies and it was the three of us for a lot of the time. You know, there was a joke in our household about us being the three best friends and I cherished cherished those years. And so even now, when I reflect on that time and I can acknowledge that, yeah, I would be in a much better financial position had I had the foresight and the passion to really be a businesswoman, it just wasn't my definition of success. And so defining success can give you a sense of fulfillment and ease, and it just allows you to know yourself more. So ask yourself, ask your partner and see if there's a gap between your definitions of success, you know, and success in all different areas of life as well. Next up, if you could have any sort of conversation, what conversation would you have? What would it be about? Maybe imagine you have your own podcast. What are the topics you would prioritize talking about? What are the conversations that you most crave having? I love this question. I think it's really, really insightful. Like ask yourself, what are the conversations that you are most lit up about? Ask your partner, what do you love to talk about? And you might have an inkling, right? You might be like, oh, I know that they love to talk about blah, blah, blah. But ask them to reflect on it. And you might even be surprised. When I think about what sort of conversation I love to have, it's often like no surprise here. It's often centered around personal growth and development uh, and women also empower, being empowered. I really, really enjoy conversations about feminism. I enjoy conversations about change. I love to understand why someone is the way that they are and growth. Like that's so rich and I just enjoy it. That's why I get so lit up when I get to have conversations with the boys as well, where I feel like they're growing too, or I'm imparting some sort of knowledge on them and it is sticking. But what would you most like to talk about? Do you love to speak about fashion? Do you absolutely love to chat about skincare? I've got a skincare product in front of me right now. Is it fitness? Is it cooking? Is it baking? Is it homewares? Is it animals? Is it politics? I'm really reaching now. But what is it that you love to chat about with your nearest and dearest? And when do you get most lit up? I feel so lit up as well if I'm in a conversation with someone who's like turns to me and says, oh, I've always wanted to start a podcast, but I'm a bit stuck on ideas. And I'll be like, like, let's let's chat about it. I get so excited and it's such a natural um, thing for me. Like it it just comes so easily and I want to talk about it and then I want to take action and I want to know more about and I want to understand. Now, that won't be the same for everyone. It won't be about the topic of podcasts or understanding why we are the way we are. 
but you'll have your thing and so will your partner. So what is it that you most want to talk about? And how often are you having those conversations? You can ask your kids this question too, right? Oh my gosh, I just had a vision of asking my son, one of my sons and I don't need to because it's Dungeons and Dragons. And Oh my gosh, we have so many conversations about Dungeons and Dragons. Are there any other D&D parents out there? Like, <laughs> there has to be. I know there has to be, but just slide into my DMs and let me know if you feel, I was going to say feel my pain. That's not a nice thing to say, but it's very painful sometimes. All right. Last but not least, I want you to reflect on this question. If you were unwell, like if you were sick and you were in bed, say you've got a headache, period pain, a bit of a cold, like you're not on your deathbed, but you're not feeling well, and really you just kind of feel like lying in bed. What are the things, and I say things because I want you to think of maybe five, what are the things or the situations, the people, the settings, what would be your reasons for getting out of bed? What gets you out of bed when you are not feeling good? Like for me, it's obviously kids. You know, it doesn't matter how unwell I feel. Just recently having only one eye, (laughs) got two, but I lost vision in one for a little bit. I was still making the school lunches. I was still putting on the loads of washing. And, you know, it's always like that's a no brainer for anyone who has kids. I'm sure you get out of bed for your kids. You get out of bed for your family. I would get out of bed if I had to show up for something for Brendan, for sure. I would definitely get out of bed if I had a podcasting interview that I was really excited about, like I would just push through. I would get out of bed for exercising, whether that's a good thing or not when you're sick. Um, You know, those sorts of things. They're things that I really, really value. And that's no surprise. Like even if you follow me, you would know, oh, she loves her kids. She loves that guy. She loves exercising and she really does like to talk. So that's no surprise. But it's really affirming, I think, to actually acknowledge what are the things that you would get out of bed for because you list them off and then those things are helpful to design your life in terms of what are the things you allocate time and resources to. Uh, How do you honor that those things are important to you with the decisions that you make on a day-to-day basis? And just inviting your significant other to share with you What are the things that you would get out of bed for? Like, what is your higher purpose? What is important to you? I hope that those questions are helpful. I know I really, really enjoy this sort of stuff, um, but I want to hear from you. Like, did you like this episode? Let me know. Feel free, of course, to leave a rating, a review if you would like to do so. Share this episode. I want to hear from you as well if you take these questions to your partner and this is the sort of stuff that you want more of. You might think that it will not make a difference if you let me know, but I promise you it actually does. If I receive a couple of DMs saying, oh, that episode was so helpful, I make a little note in my little red journal and then I make sure that when I'm sitting down to plan future episodes, I make space for these sorts of episodes as well. So I hope that it's helpful for you. It's so exciting to get to know ourselves at all different times in our life. And it's so important that we do pause and reflect on these things because this is the stuff that really adds up to feeling good about who we are and to being able to take action that aligns with building healthy self-esteem. 
All right, team, I will chat with you very, very soon. I appreciate you listening. It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.